0: Fargo Police Chief Dave Zabolski is here, and it was nice enough for him to come over. And uh, Chief, good to have you back on News and Views. Thanks, Joel. Good to be here. You know, it's it, it just is constantly there. The job that your men and women have to do—it's just constantly there. I want to, I want to get this out of the way first because it's—I know it's a mechanical issue, but. You know you listen to young people and you hear them aspire to be what you and your people are how is the academy going how is uh, are you close again here
1: our our academy's uh, going very well we're uh, in week five we got uh, 14 individuals in there and um, very very engaging group very smart group Uh, really impressed with the types of candidates that we're getting and we're in the process of uh, recruiting more for our may academy as well and uh as earlier in the year we got approval to overfill some positions so we're going to attempt to do that in the may academy and get ahead of some okay. of future retirements and get us uh fully staffed and actually ahead of future potential uh position openings i, I
0: know that's a big and always has
1: been a big challenge and what you focused on it's it's not easy yeah well it's constant it's it's constant uh but we've had, made tremendous strides uh in Again, the caliber of the people that we're getting, I think the support of our community here in Fargo, and the quality of our department draws people to it, and we have people that want to come and work specifically for our department. I think that's uh, that's a big deal.
0: Yeah. I, I before we talk about the tragedy that happened in Minnesota and give you a chance to address that and how that can affect uh, you know your your enforcement officers, I want to talk a little bit about because I, I think at times we we ignore it, but you know you had. Uh, three officers shot one fatally uh you had another officer that had to take out this murderous terrorist i mean how are they all doing obviously you know the family
1: as well sure i I think all things considered i would say very well but that doesn't mean that they don't have a lot that they're still dealing with uh and on multiple levels uh physical psychological i think just normal human reactions um you know, uh, Zach has been back to work since the uh, beginning of the year and uh, is doing tremendous and, uh, you know, did, did a tremendous job at the time of the incident. There's, uh, We're in the process of submitting and receiving a number of awards that he's been nominated for for his bravery, of course. Uh, no surprise there. Um, Andrew and Tyler are both continuing to recuperate. I know that Andrew is, uh, is both of them are doing some uh, really tremendous physical fitness recovery type of things, and there's still some surgeries here and there that they're also dealing with. Uh, and Do so, they want to be police officers? Oh, yet? absolutely. These guys, both of these guys from day one, um, day one in the hospital, when it, well, maybe it was day two by the time we were able to actually speak, but uh, both of them have, uh, from the very beginning, uh, never even given it a second thought that this is what they want to do. If you remember back to Tyler pauses video that he did you know when he got in the ambulance and he you know he didn't know what was happening what was going to happen and he told the other cop to tell his wife he loves him or he loves her and uh, he loves what he does andrew same thing he wants to be back uh, you know he's got aspirations to do work in the schools and and a negotiator and um i, I expect to see both of these guys back um tyler has come back in a limited duty fashion for so many hours per week which is great Uh, But, you know, by the end of this year, I think, uh, if not sooner, both of these guys uh, will be back in stride, and and we're really looking forward to that.
0: Okay. Well, good. Uh, I do want to talk about what happened in Minnesota, uh, because I know this affects, uh, you know, departments like yours and departments all over. Can you speak to that for a second, if you would?
1: Sure. Absolutely. And, of course, we we really extend our deepest sympathies to uh, our brothers and sisters and, and Burnsville PD, Burnsville Fire, uh, the Burnsville community. Um, you know, it, as you kind of mentioned, you know, when events like this happen again so close to home, it does kind of bring us back to our incident that you know was really seven, eight months ago now, and uh, we know all too well here in our Fargo community, in our department, um, how devastating that is and how traumatic that can be for not just the department but the community as well. Uh, and this is just one of these things and again, it's um, it's happening far too often. Um, it's unnecessary, it, but it does illustrate the risks that our officers take every day when they go out there and, and perform their service to the community. How hard is it to see it coming? And, you know, and that's just it. Um, a lot of times there's just no way to predict certain sixth human behavior. Your sense doesn't
0: even pick up on it.
1: Well, I think we all have a sixth sense about danger, but, you know, we're – if you think about just a normal shift of a cop, we're probably in danger a few times during that shift, and the rest of the shift, other administrative, you go to a traffic crash, you know, traffic crash is a terrible example, because, you know, look what happened there, and you just, things can happen anytime, anywhere, but, you know, when you go to calls, you're preparing for things. We know that domestic violence are the most dangerous, and I don't know all the details of Burnsville, it sounds like, you know, with our, uh, and I should give our condolences on, on the paramedic firefighters as well, but... Um, you know, it sounds like he was a tactical EMS, and so he was with the officers as they were, I would imagine, getting ready to initiate some kind of tactical approach uh, to this situation. And uh, and all three of them were shot and killed. And, of course, the sergeant was also shot and injured and is still recovering. So there's actually four, four parties affected there in Burnsville. Uh, but you know, we train for stuff. We take as many precautions as possible. But there is the inevitable, our situation in July, there was just no foretelling any of that i don't know how you would no
0: i have no idea how you would and and here's the other part it it's clear that it was random on the murderer's part Mm -hmm. that this was a decision he made that he thought would help him do another terrible thing
1: yeah i think absolutely i mean we still there's a couple of different options there but you're right in either event he was committed to taking a number of lives he was committed and uh i think it already decided that if he died in the process that was going to be okay Uh, and and so he he was definitely in that mindset Uh, why he decided to stop at that accident scene and initiate it there was that just something that he thought he could quickly do and get away with before going to a larger event or was he uh, devious enough to utilize that as the diversion to open up opportunities for these larger events where he could cause more carnage Uh, you know we really don't know the answer either way. It's uh, it's uh, pretty evil intent on his part, and he uh, definitely was committed to that to that process.
0: Yeah, you've cut a wide swath in law enforcement. You know people all over the country. Um, how much have you been called upon to talk about this terrible incident? Because it's like anything. You can train, you can train, you can train, but when you hear it firsthand, uh, how it affected a department, it, it, it
1: must help. Yeah, well, and it is it uh, it is common, I think, in our profession to review these things and and kind of go over them and and help, hopefully, help others um, do certain things that might assist, prevent, etc. Uh, we've been we've gotten seven or eight requests from uh, a variety of chiefs, states association in the Midwest area uh, to give presentations and to kind of give an overview of this incident. Um, not just the incident itself, but a lot of the uh, our colleagues at the chief level are interested in what did our department do before and after the event uh, to help our folks get through such a yeah. traumatic incident. What did we? What did the community do? All all those interactions are of great interest as well. And uh, I'll be in Iowa and Des Moines next week uh, giving a presentation to the Iowa Chiefs of Police Association. Good. I
0: mean, good. They they need to hear that and i think that as tragic as this is it's something that post uh this community fargo and others
1: around it have a lot to be proud of uh, Uh, the way it came through 100 percent agree i I mean you know the the reaction and the support of the community not just after such a tragedy but you know on a regular basis i think is really important it's always been important uh, i think in the policing profession but it's never been more important than in the last several years where there's been a wide swath of negativity towards police and you know that there's difficulty across the board in filling our ranks and getting uh, you know strong applicants people who want to put themselves in that position and when you look at the world today you can work as an officer anywhere that you want pick a city they've got an opening you're likely going to pick a city that supports what you do and, and understands that While well, you might make some errors uh, along the way, because the, the, the dynamic nature of what we do, uh, that those are well-intentioned errors, and and, and they, you know they're, we're going to learn from them and move forward. But you can't chastise the the police every time something happens, especially if it happens in another city, and then use that as your argument uh, for something uh, something more in, in our community where we we aren't experiencing similar issues.
0: Yeah, great point. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about uh, and visit a little bit about an investigation that you had ongoing. So, Fargo Police Chief Dave Zabolski. when we come back a little bit more, we get a chance to visit with him right after this. Fargo Police Chief Dave Zabolski is, is still spending some time with us. I want to talk about an investigation uh, that you and your department has been doing. Can you inform some folks about that?
1: Yeah, just uh, kind of a little teaser, but uh, as a lot of people may know, we <coughs> been trying to address a lot of issues with uh, liquor establishments over the past couple of years, working collectively with our Liquor Control Board and City Commission. And one of the really tough issues that everyone, not just us, but the uh, establishment owners have had to deal with is the huge proliferation of uh, very well-done fake identification cards that uh, we know kids are getting online uh, from a number of different sources and makes it very difficult. Uh, to prosecute, track, etc., because they can come from so many different places that might not even be local. Uh, however, <clears throat> uh, our department will be announcing a little bit later today the uh, the uh, completion, or uh, at least the investigative piece, of a very large fraudulent ID operation that has occurred here in Fargo uh, that has created hundreds of fake fraudulent identifications for people who are under age. Uh, therefore allowing them to get into some of these establishments uh, undetected. Uh, And I think it also speaks towards the necessity of a uh, identification scanner ability uh, or potentially uh, maybe in the future requirement by establishments because I think it helps them protect themselves as well. Because these IDs are undetectable without the right technology. And many other metros are using these as best practice across the United States, and I think... We see such a large influx not only because we're a college town, but because we have, um, with few exceptions, really don't use the technology.
0: Are other are other cities, you mentioned many other folks are using these. Oh, absolutely. Are, but are they requiring them with the liquor license
1: at all? In other cities, I don't know. But I know that, uh, in fact, we even got feedback on a recent presentation that I was I was happy to, for our board to hear. That what what some of these other places and there's been some other experimentation, I think, in Bismarck uh, on one of these scanner projects that the state had done that the uh, owners saw the benefit of it. And there is a huge benefit to the sure because we don't you know, we catch underage people in there. We don't like to have to cite them, but it's their responsibility to vet that. Um, and in today's world, you gotta kind of have this technology, or you're susceptible. Yeah. So, are are you
0: able at all to uh, to tell us who it is, where it is? Can you leak a little bit of that out for us?
1: Um, well, I think we should wait for our full press brief. But I think people will probably be maybe surprised, maybe not, uh, uh, of who this person is, what his affiliation is, uh, uh, and and pretty much the amount of buyers of these fraudulent ids and that's really another phase of the investigation that we have to look at uh, you know how are we going to handle that because those are all crimes per se Um, so we'll i'm sure be having discussions with the state's attorney's office but uh, this particular case is uh, a felony level case for this individual creating all these fraudulent ids
0: have arrests been made already See how I'm still trying?
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> let's hold off until we get to later okay. today. Uh, I know that we've we've got the investigation portion See that, together. See, that,
0: that can't be easy. I mean, I don't know how you track, you know, once they're out there, unless somebody just flat-out talks. But my guess is there's middle people when it comes to it as well. Yeah,
1: well, you know, I've I got to really credit our uh, uh, folks in, a, in our investigations division uh particularly the, the lead investigator on this, who, um, this was a lot of work. He's been working on this for a significant amount of time. It's a lot of uh, additional pieces to follow and identify and, uh, and, and just doing all of the technology evaluations and, and all of that legwork that had to be done to bring this case to fruition.
0: Is this gold beyond the borders of Fargo, or is this bigger?
1: Well, I wouldn't be surprised if it's bigger. I think at this juncture we focused on our, you know, locally what do we have, but I I wouldn't be surprised Uh if an individual doing something like this is, I mean, let's face it, he's making good money um, that I'm sure isn't, it's not like legitimate employment money. This is all in your pocket money. Yeah,
0: Chief, let's do this more often. Okay, sounds good. You bet. Fargo Police Chief Dave Zabolski. Uh, you know, keep in mind those police officers. Though we started this conversation, and I think at times it's something that we just put in the back of our mind. And it's like an oh yeah moment. Don't let it be an oh yeah moment. Keep those uh, keep those guys in your thoughts and your prayers, and you know don't don't forget what they went through that day on 25th Street.